The following may contain language which will be offensive to some people and inappropriate for children. The topics discussed may include drugs, alcohol, or be sexual in nature. This show is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm serious. It's dirty. Really, really dirty. Still here? Then pour your favourite beverage, sit back, and let's get this fucking show started. Previously on Fantastic Forum. Like, if you're going to be murdered, like, you would like to be by an adorable person, right? All you good people listening at home, on your treadmills, on, on your drives to work, we have added the asterisk to the review. I accidentally built um, a computer, so I don't You accidentally to. just bought a computer? Yeah. <laughs> I hate when that happens. A friend of mine went on vacation to Miami and brought me a Cuban. That's awesome. And he knows how to roll cigars. And why didn't Tony Stark just use the reality stone and, and take away all their weapons? Boom. Done. He doesn't have to die. Or turn them all into cows. Fuck this movie. <laughs> He's like, how do you fuck a movie? <laughs> like, I want Liefeld to do a supernatural Scooby-Doo crossover comic. Nate Gray and Wolverine, like, rubbing his shoulders, telling him it's going to be okay. I'm just testing your marvelness. What does that even mean? <laughs> testing my marvelness. You know what it means. Tune in to Fantastic Forum Live, Wednesday nights, 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific, on allgames.com. Pretty cool, I got the keys, so I just come in and you know, the music. Tony. What is his name, Lois can never have Superman's baby. Ah, yes. Incredible Hulk melon body. Ah! 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 Hey, I tried to teach you how to handle Congress in the sixth grade, but oh, no, you wanted to play a little bit instead. Aquaman's a hero! Thank you, Trisha. We now return you to Robin Boy Wonder. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. Thank you for joining us once again. We are back live from multiple parts of this glorious country coming together to talk shit about comics, movies, whatever whatever will tickle our fancy. We have a, I think we have a great show for you today. I, I read a comic book and you're going to hear all about it. I did a heavy metal minute so you'll get that. That should kill some time. I am almost alone here. The only person helping me out is Oz. Yeah, I've, I've got you know. buttons and shit to, to look after. I can't even make a decent margarita because we're all alone here. Yeah, yeah, there's no, I don't think there's going to be any bathroom breaks or anything. Well, that's what the heavy metal minute's for. Yeah, yeah, Lawrence isn't here, Joe isn't here, and uh, it's just us. 
I'm going to be talking to you about Image Comics' number one first issue of Thumbs, which has been rushed into second printing because it's sold out. That should uh, kill some time, too. We're also going to give you a, a little mini-review of Swamp Thing Episode 3, the DC Universe TV series that was prematurely canceled. And we also have uh, Jessica Jones to talk about. So that should be fun. People like Jessica Jones. Tired Claw Chat wants to talk about Men in Black. Yeah, I didn't see it. I heard it was good, though. We can talk about it. Yeah, all right. We'll talk about Men in Black International also. Yeah, it should be a, a jam-packed show today. There's a lady that'll tell you how to get a hold of us if you want to play that off. Want to get in on the action? Call Fantastic Forum on Skype and join the fun. Too shy to call in? That's okay. You can join the Discord chat room available at allgames.com slash live. Join the party. You know you want to. That's how he was able to read Tiger Claw's thoughts about Men in Black International. Also, DC Nate in chat wants to know, is Hulu still busted? And I guess it is. But yeah, um, we also are brought to you proudly by the good people at Jeffrey's Comics. They are LA and South Bay's premier comic book outlet. All sorts of collectible stuff through Magic Cards. I know Magic is probably going to have a, a bit of his resurgence now that since Netflix announces announced that they're going to have a series. Uh, you can get your Magic Cards at Jeffrey's. All you got to do is give them a call. 310-538-3198. Yeah, you just give them a call, tell them we sent you, and you'll get some deals on comics or trade paperbacks, that is. All right, I guess so. to make it easier on me, let's just tell me about Men in Black International. Oz. I didn't get to see it. Indeed. Now, you said you heard it was good. Yeah. Because everything I've heard is that it's not good. Okay. That's just from from people online, really. Like, there's only been, like, one or two people that I've heard say it's good, and it's people that you can't really trust their opinion. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's just people that I personally know. Now, I, I watched it. It's not a bad movie, but it's, like, just another Men in Black movie. You know, if you, if you got some time to kill, it'll it'll entertain you. But they're not really doing anything different. You know, it's it's a new agent with a seasoned veteran teaming up. And if anything, there there's like less aliens in this movie than like all the other ones. Huh. Like there's still a, a bunch of like weird shit that you haven't seen before. But, you know, it, it's a lot of, hey, this, you know, grab this part of the car and a gun pulls out and, you know, you. And they show this in a trailer too, where you know, like he grubs, he get, he gets to the hubcap, and that's like the where the ammo is for this special gun. It, so it, it's it's a Men in Black movie, right? You, you've seen one, you've seen them all, but it's still entertaining. So I can't I can't say it was amazing, but it is not as bad as what people say. So what stood out about what the client was telling me was that he really enjoyed the um, the chemistry between Chris Hemsworth and I'm forgetting. The lady's name. Uh, Tessa Thompson, I think. Yeah. You can just call her Valkyrie. People know. Yeah, I know, but I don't want to pigeonhole her. But he said the chemistry between the two was really good and that Chris Hensworth did a good job of doing the humor and being like, the, he said that the humor comes naturally to him. It doesn't seem forced. He doesn't, he says when he sees Chris Hensworth that he's not a dude that he expects to be funny. You know what I mean? Well, he's, I mean, his character is basically Thor and Ragnarok. Okay. Like Thor in well, Thor in Endgame, but didn't get fat. Like yeah. he he's been living on Earth, so he understands shit a little better. Right. But even the way he talks, and it, it could just be because he's Australian or whatever. He he does still have that kind of a 
that Thorish sound to him. Yeah. You know, and he'll use like words that you're not as Americans, we're not used to hearing. Right. So he does like he gives us he gives a little speech and it's like, wow, Thor Thor's talking about about relationships. <laughs> well, if you read Mighty Thor eleven I'm sorry, Mighty Thor fourteen, you can see that in the comics. And they do play on that. Like at one point he picks up a a, a regular size hammer. It's ah. like you're in for it now. It's so dumb. So it, yeah, it, it's a dumb movie, which makes it fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I say dumb, not stupid, because dumb you can enjoy dumb. One of the things that I enjoy of Men in Black movies are um, the I guess how they show the agency, like you know, little I, I wouldn't call them Easter eggs. But they're not like plot. I think you dropped. No. Uh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Now you're back. That's. Um, so you, but yeah, you were saying you like Easter eggs in the about the agency, like what? Oh, not so much Easter eggs, but they're little like little jokes and here and there about how they uh, they've been working along in the shadows. You know, like they'll show like who's an alien they keep taps on, and it's like Meryl Streep or somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, do they do that here? Yeah, I mean they they and they always have this. Scene. This is why I say it's it, it's another Men in Black movie. There's always a scene where she, where in this case Tessa Thompson because she's the new agent walks into the the Men in Black office and there's that screen with all the aliens they're keeping track of and so it's all celebrities. Okay. And like, we've seen that scene a few times. Yeah. It, I think it's in every other movie. I know it was in the first one for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's there. Now, you think they decided to go with these two leads because of the Marvel stuff? I think so. What you see a lot now is people that do a big movie together. Then you start to see them in a bunch of other movies, especially if it's by the same company or has the same director. Like like how Nolan uses uh, Bale and the guy that played Alfred. I forget his name right now. Yeah. Michael. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. After. Like the. The guy called Salamander. <laughs> after one of the, after one of the the Batman movies, then they were they're both cast again in in that one where Bale's a magician. Yeah, the Prestige. Yeah, and I mean they're good together, yeah. but and it, but it's a similar relationship too, where it's like the older mentor to this younger guy trying yeah. trying to trying to do. Yeah, it, it's a similar relationship. It, I, I just I just noticed that a lot. I don't know if it's I think it's something that it, it's always been there and maybe I just never noticed it. But I know like in the 50s and 60s, like actors were contracted to a studio and they could only do movies for that studio. So you, you have five or six big actors contracted to the same studio. You're going to see those same actors in movies together. Right. So it, it's not it's not anything new. I For some reason, I'm just noticing it now more than I did when when I was like in my 20s. Yeah, it's definitely something I'm seeing with the Marvel people. Like they'll do the the blockbuster, and then they'll have like an independent movie with two of them. You know? Yeah. Or three at one point. I forgot what movie had like three of them. Yeah, but overall, it, it's a fine movie. Those two obviously work really well together. You know, they, there's nothing like I could say bad about it. Yeah, no, nothing bad. No, not. I mean, other than like I said, it didn't feel different from the last three. Yeah. Right. It, it's a it's not a reboot or anything it's a continuation like they even they they even reference well besides you know tessa thompson going into the the new york office and it's led by by the same person when when she gets to the to the london office like there's that actual painting of of uh will smith and and the other dude like fighting the giant cockroach monster oh so it's like this like classic looking like classical looking painting except there's two dudes in a suit in it fighting <laughs> a giant cockroach monster 
Uh, so it's safe to say you give us like three noisy crickets out of five. Yeah, I'd give it three and a half. It's it's worth watching. Is it a wait for it on home release or theater? Considering we're starting to get into the into the hot weather, I, you, you could you could watch it in the theater at a matinee, you know, in the afternoon during the hottest part of the day. Get yourself <laughs> a soda and some popcorn. And just just you know, lose yourself for a couple hours. Hmm. It, visually, it, it's it's cool. Um, there's not no, it's not like horrible acting or anything. It's good actors doing a decent job. Who else is in? Like, what's the conflict? Uh, Liam Neeson is in it. Oh, is he the bad guy? No, he's the he's the head of the London office. The the okay. conflict is essentially Tessa Thompson's character, and they and they talk about this in the trailer. There something happened when she was a kid, and her parents were were their mind was erased, but they didn't know she was awake. You know, when the agents asked the parents, "Oh, is there anybody else in the house?" They're like, "Well, our daughter, but she's asleep." In yeah. fact, she actually saw what happened. She saw their minds getting erased. So she spent her whole life trying to find this agency. Finally, finally finds them, follows them to to their to their base and infiltrates it. And once she's in there, obviously they discover her and they're like, well, you know, what do we do with her? Do we just erase her mind? And, you know, the older guys are like, well, back in back in my days, we would have hired her. She's this clever, blah, blah. She ends up becoming an agent. And her first assignment is to go help the, the London office. And that's where she partners up with with uh with thor okay and liam neeson is thor's old partner and now the head of that office they're trying to solve a murder a mystery just like you know just like the, the first one they're uh-huh. trying they're trying to solve this murder but at the same time thor, thor's character well i should just call him chris hemsworth right yeah. <laughs> he, dude he you watch this he's thor <laughs> he, he's just thor well that's all he could do i think like, well, he did. He did another more serious movie that I didn't get a chance to see, but I heard was really good. Like he's Na- the driver, Night at the Royale, or something like that. Oh, yeah, I heard about that, but I haven't seen it. So I, I guess in that one, he's probably not Thor. In this one, he's totally Thor. And okay. uh, apparently, he he used to be like the most badass agent. Like they keep saying, he saved the world. And uh-huh. the, it opens with with the scene with him and, and Liam Neeson saving the world. They, they keep talking about how he's this badass that saved the world. But then when she meets him, he's kind of like a, he he's Thor. He's kind of like goofy and and dumb, does stupid things. And so that that's that's the conflict. Like what happened to you? Why you used to be the best agent? Now you're a screw up. Which is why I say like Thor in Endgame. Yeah. You know, he went from being a badass to the the guy sitting on the couch playing Fortnite and drinking beer. <laughs> and so as they figure out the the mystery of the murder. They also figure out why, what happened, to, like why he he changed so much, and how do we get him back to being the the badass that he was? Okay. And you know, obvious twists and turns along the story. I don't want to say too much. Go watch it. I recommend it. I might check it out, especially if it's a matinee. Yeah, I'll do that shit. All the special effects were cool. Like nothing stuck out at you as crappy. No, no, they were fine. They were better than Endgame. <laughs> cool. <clears throat> All right, so that's that's your Men in Black International review. Yeah, three I'm a, and a half. I'm gonna go ahead and jump into thumbs real quick. I, I figure I could get through it. Okay, go ahead and play that review music, please. Review. Like review. Well, not not like that, but like. So 
so Thumbs is a kind of cyberpunky sci-fi dystopian fiction comic about like the future but that's pretty much all i'm going to say now and then i'm going to read you what they the press people the corporation image comics wants you to read before buying it it says right here thumbs imagine someone like say mark zuckerberg created his own army of tech obsessed teens and directed them on the government what would the fallout be Charlie Thumbs Fellows is a member of just such an army. Poor and raising the influential mom app, he finds himself in the center of a war. The social network meets Blade Runner, this big event book from the team that brought you the hit series, The Few. I never read The Few. Um, I basically just picked the, I saw the cover to this book and I like, oh, I want to read it. It just said thumbs and there wasn't a thumb on the cover. It was a head. But then you look at the pink color and that's all a thumbprint. I'm like, oh, wow, what is it? I had no idea what it was. From reading that description I read to you that they put out, you don't get a lot of that in this book. You see the, you basically just see what they tell you and that it's what happened in the past. But they don't really like dive into it in the first issue. You could feel it's coming, but I guess the company decided they tell you about it before because if you just pick it up like that, you're probably not gonna. You're gonna need like three or four issues to really get the ball rolling. Yeah. Oh, so they got like, a they got a world build for the first one or two. It's not even that. Like it just starts off with him being injured, like in a battle. Like he's dying, and they're trying to keep him alive. The guy thumbs, and then it goes into a flashback about him growing up and stuff. And, and but a lot of it is is really just them trying. Then then the flashback of what happened, how he got ambushed and, and shot. So it's really like it when I, I every time I, I review a comic, it's always like. Oh, if this was a movie, this would be like the first 20 minutes, you know? So I feel like I need to read more to really give... This This one is like the first eight minutes. So it, it it's really like... It really it did suck me in when I read it, you know? So I want to read more, but I, yeah, the, like you said, the world building part is the part that we need to, to focus on a little more if we're going to make this book a hit. Who knows? Maybe when the TV show comes, they'll, they'll just do all world building. The art is done by... A person named Sean Lewis, I think. Hayden Sherman and Sean Lewis are creators. Hayden Sherman is the uh, artist, and Sean Lewis is the writer. Okay. So, Do you know what else they've done? They did a book called Coyotes, Saints, and the Few. They're all fairly new. Coyotes, I I looked into, but I never read. Uh, this book is a a cool little like I don't know kind of equated to like a black mirror kind of because it's it's the future but it's dark but it's kind of like you can see it going that way with what we have now you know what i mean yeah so that that adds a, a new a, a different element to that book in terms of enjoyment for me like, oh i can see this happening yeah the book is like grayscale everything except for pink much like the covers and yeah it, i didn't really feel it or notice it till like page 15 <laughs> yeah because I was so sucked into the what was going on. Uh, then I started looking at the art like, wait, there's no color in here. Okay, I'm looking at images of it. I see like pink shit on his face. Are those like implants or band-aids? They just happen to be... Like on the cover? Yeah. Yeah, I think those are bandages. Okay. Uh, they put a bunch of stuff on his face. Like, pipe, like you know, uh, oxygen tank and shit like that. Because he was like really like... They had to use that mom app. It's like the Cortana, you know, but not Cortana as like how your computer has it right now, but more like how Master Chief has it. But that's what like, I guess, Siri or Alexa evolved to in that in this world. And it's just everywhere. It's what everybody uses. There's no like multiple companies. I guess the 
the one tech guy that turned these kids against the government to like kind of revolutionize that's what he created and that's what everybody started using yeah it's a weird like a class system in here too where it's like you got old people and young people and that's it <laughs> like there's no like in between and they're kind of at war with each other do they say why they're at war no that's where it's like because even like how that description says like oh if somebody created a tech thing that could be used to overthrow the old regime or the government they haven't shown you how he did that it's still like i want to see how like mark zuckerberg doesn't have the the charisma of like a charles manson you know so i can't i can't see him forcing people to do things you know what i mean yeah but i could see him as a post-apocalyptic cyborg yeah i mean i see him like that now yeah travel to the past and yeah but it's also like in the way he did it like did he do it through charisma or did he do it through just social programming you know like getting you into the tech and then next thing you know you're like that it seems like your next logical step and that that's kind of where i'm with this book where it's like i kind of want to see that part but i'm sure we'll get to it it seems like they're going to be doing a fairly uh good amount of flashbacks did they tell you what happened to why he how he got messed up or is that yeah, like gonna be yeah, the he was on a mission and he got ambushed and he got shot a bunch of times okay but they still don't because i i just i'm just wondering why why they're taking on the government like what did the government do to set everything off yeah that that's that yeah that they haven't really if they went into it then my reading comprehension is no good and i gotta read it again yeah because there's a couple different ways they could go with that it could be the the obvious the government is oppressing the people or it could be this guy's batshit crazy and wants to see the world burn right yeah um but yeah they 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 haven't really gone into that okay and you've only read the first one right yeah the second one comes out i think next month because the first one came out two weeks ago and yeah it like with before the it came out on the Wednesday before the next Wednesday it was already sold out so they got rushed to printing that's how it got into my radar and I'm like okay I guess I'll read this see what the big hullabaloo is <laughs> but yeah I, I just think they didn't print enough <laughs> yeah yeah that's interesting if it if it sold out so fast that what, two weeks in they're rushing a second print yeah and until you mentioned it I hadn't heard of it right so it, it's one of those things where. Uh, I think Image kind of prints stuff on a lower run where it's like, let's say they do probably 10,000 and, you know, those will sell out by the time your, your, uh, your comic shop, let's say every comic shop in the U.S. orders one, you know, or three, that's it, it's sold out, you know what I mean? Yeah. And with Image books like these, like, you, you can't, like, not get one, you know, like, you got to have that variety a little bit and, you know, if it doesn't sell out, then you don't get the second one, you know? Hmm. Yeah. I wasn't as wild with it as the press release made it seem I would be, but it's still an interesting book, and I, I, I definitely would give it three pink bandages out of five. Okay, so it's worth picking up. Are you gonna you gonna pick up two and maybe three? Like, how many books are you gonna give it before? Uh... I'm definitely two, okay. and I'll see if if two gives me just a little bit, just like the first one does. Uh, I'll probably get three, and then see how that goes. Okay, but, so you're not you're not all in yet. You're yeah, day by day. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking it by issue. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it seemed cool. It's just you know, maybe it's maybe I'm the old people in this book. 
You know? <laughs> no, it's a it's an interesting concept from what I'm reading. But yeah, I guess there's only so much you can get on a regular size book, right? Yeah, because you know they're talking about this war between the tech people and the government and everything. But really, all you're really following is this guy's injury and his past. You know, so it's like the book is you know yeah that's what happened, but it's about him. So I need to know if it's really just about him living in this world. Or if, if it's about that war, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, hopefully his flashbacks kind of give you an idea of what set off yeah. this war and all that. Ideally, it could be both, but who knows if that's what they'll do. Yeah. The, the, the art looks looks good. From I'm looking at a few uh, few pages in the image, with, well, a sneak peek, yeah. so like the first three or four pages. And yeah, it's, it's great tones with, with some pink, but it's not... It's not like distracting. Yeah, it's weird because it just it just fits. Like you don't realize the gray tones are all gray tones until you actually like really study the page. I would like to know why they went with the pink because yeah. uh, I I see that they're using pink where what what I think should be red because it, it looks like it should be blood. But then I see what. I assume is also like blood on his face and that's not pink. So it, I, I really like to know why, why that, why the color and why certain things. So, uh, I, I think I can answer that. Okay. Because when you see the hologram of the mom app, it's that color, that like magenta pink color. So I, I feel that that's, that's why they, they do that. Like in the first comic, the first issue, all the caption boxes that are his are pink, and the ones that are the other characters are white. And then as you go further down, you start seeing stuff that's pink, like the watch, the wristbands, the, the breathing tubes. Uh, and then, then it goes real pink. I guess that's when I realized it was all pink, because they have a system called Iris, that it's their like body cam, compiles image, kind of like from all the, the camera sources, you know, to kind of show you what went down. And those screens are all pink. Mm-hmm. And then when it goes into the little flashback, you see the mom hologram when he's a kid. That's what takes care of him instead of his parents. You know what I mean? And that uh, that's pink. Okay. So what do you what do you give the book? I give it. Um, you know, looking looking at it a second time right now in this little expedited form, I do give it four out of five. I was gonna give it three, but uh, I decided to give it four because. The art actually is pretty good, and I just kind of—I don't know—I just kind of saw the structure. And it reminded me about his past, where he lost his sister. He was supposed to be taking care of her, and that's a whole chip on his shoulder that he's gonna have to deal with, or it's probably leading up to the motivations of joining this war too. So that's another thing that I had forgotten about. There's some, you know, there's like three flashbacks in it. One with Iris, the the surveillance footage. That's how he got his injury. And then while he's in the coma, you have the flashback of when he was a kid and the mom at. So, yeah, I give it four out of five. Okay, sounds like it's worth checking out, and you'll keep us updated on on how you're enjoying it, or if you end up Work. tossing it out a window. Yeah, that's my favorite thing to do, and I don't like them just tossing them out the window. Um. Yeah, did you watch uh, Swamp Thing? Yeah, I'm caught up. Okay. What'd you think of this third episode, man? I liked it. Uh, again, I, I like the way Swamp Thing looks. Yeah, and it's probably it's probably more practical than CGI on him. Yeah, which is probably why I like like it so much. Why I think it looks so good. That's probably why it looks so good. But they do do CGI on him, but you can't really tell like certain things, like when he screams. And he's got the vines over his mouth. Like, it's a practical mask, but those vines over his mouth were CG. And they look real cool. 
Yeah, vis- visually, it looks great. Um, What did you think about him speaking? Oh, I didn't mind him speaking. Like, I'm used to Alan Moore something. Like, he can speak. He's like speaking the King's English. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. One of the books I was reading, uh, you know, thanks to the DC Universe app, you can read Swamp Thing. There's one where he's hanging out with Abby Arcane, and it's like the first day of spring. And she just looks at him and tells him, may I? And you're like, what? What's she saying? May I, too? And she p- she picks off a flower off of his chest. And he goes, I always love springtime with you. <laughs> yeah. Because he starts blooming. <laughs> but yeah it was was just a cool little you know she's about to talk some serious shit but she's like stops to admire a flower growing out of but yeah there was a scene in the other the the past episode the second one where he starts like feeling his texture and he doesn't like it so he just grabs at it and it's a chunk of his head that goes off and then like regenerates yeah that was cgi yeah but that looked really cool too but yeah I, i did like how you know i didn't mind him talking and what was weird is the i don't know what i I feel like they were trying to do a blue devil uh tv show or something because they keep putting ian Ziering in it but he's not like moving the story along you know what i mean uh which one is him ian Ziering is the guy that uh is he the old guy no no he's the guy in the video store oh yeah is that his name? I just I just thought, hey, there's that guy from 90210. Yeah, but like I saw him, and then he said the movie he was in was the Blue Devil movie, and it's like, oh, okay, and then he had his name is the name of the Blue Devil, and you know, so I don't know if they're trying to like kick him off, like I don't, I don't know if they're trying to do like a, a was it the what's that group that fuck I can't remember the name of, but it was um. It was like Phantom Stranger, Madame Xanadu, Blue Devil, Swamp Thing, and I think Constantine was in it too. It wasn't wasn't uh, Justice League Dark. Justice League Dark should have been named that, but they just called it Justice League Dark. But I think it was called Brotherhood of Magic or something. Sentinels of Magic? Sentinels of Magic, that's the one. Okay. Yeah, so that, I don't know if they're trying to do like an event for that or... You think, trying... you think they're going to do a, a Blue Devil thing? Like that's, that's well, obscure. I... I think they would have tried, like, casting that actor to play him and then putting him for no reason in the Swamp Thing, like, and with Xanadu, like, maybe they're trying to, they're trying to, like, do a spinoff thing, but then, you know, we saw how it ended, so they're probably not gonna do that, you know? Yeah. Oh, shit, I forgot. He did start off as a, as a movie guy, although he was a stuntman. Yeah, he was a stuntman, and then he, he used the... Like he made the suit for the for the guy to be the blue devil, and he was the stunt man in, in the suit, and he just took it and started like solving crime and shit. I think you're right because I saw it and uh, I I thought that was just one of those like Easter eggs. Hey, look, another DC character. Ha ha ha. But yeah. you're right, casting that guy specifically like it would be a waste if you don't do something with him. Right. And uh, if he just had that one scene where he gives the where he gives Abby the laptop, yeah. then it would make sense. But yeah, then he comes back and now he's he yeah, there's like a mystical card reader. Right. And now his cards have changed. Once something comes into the picture and Abby or King come into the picture, his all his cards are reversed, you know? Yeah, and I do I do think they're going to start moving towards the magical stuff cuz I think the sick people are suffering from the rot, especially yeah. that one guy that gets brought back. Dude, that has to be the rot. Well, I think, well, no. So, the yeah, it feels like the rot, but it also feels like the the red going out of control, too. Like, well, I guess in 
in the Snyder and 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 Lemire books, like that's kind of how it manifested. Like the rot, the the animals that were you know in charge of decomposing, like those became more affiliated with the rot. So it's like you got your beetles and bugs and and vultures and shit, you know. But uh, yeah, I do definitely feel that they're doing something mystical because even like him the guy that turned into that bug monster like talking to alec in the other realm you know like they both died they died at the same time or you know well alec something killed the other guy and he's like i'm gonna fuck with you you know and then the way that something releases him to so he can go at peace is something very more on the mystical side not the sci-fi horror side so I, i remember i was talking to lloyd about it where it's like i don't see them going towards any of that and then the next episode it's like it's more than subtle yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you said that after the first episode when we talked about it again yeah. when Lawrence wasn't here. Yeah. And yeah, you you said you didn't think they were going to go that way, and it made sense. It looked like they were just going to go with he's a, he's mutated through these chemicals and the swamp. Yeah. But yeah, that and even the way they did that scene was interesting because it. it they did it like it was him feeling bad because he ripped a dude apart. Yeah. Like he was just having a, a nightmare remembering what he did and, you know, his his actions coming back to haunt him. Yeah. And then later on you realize, oh, no, shit. I think they actually, in some other realm, they actually communicated. Because there's some psychic thing going on with Swamp Thing because he was talking to that little girl psychically. Right. I don't know if it's the plants through her or or him psychically, but yeah, there is definitely some connection with the people. Even the guy that that did the mutagen guy, like he's the cedar. Like he is a villain in Swamp Thing too, you know. Yeah, see, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, and he he actually comes out in I think Swamp Thing thirty six with with the one that Charles Soul wrote and Constantine's in it too. He comes out in that, and he's also the guy in. It's the same guy, so. <laughs> That's one of the other, uh, you know, few redeeming qualities of Batman and Robin. The guy that created Bane into the plant monster is Jason Woodrow, the Cedar. Hmm. So in that Batman and Robin movie, it was he was played. I forgot who played him, but he looked kind of like a mad scientist guy. And uh, usually he just looks in the old comics. He just looked like a guy, kind of like 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 a Tarzan guy, but with leaves instead of fur. Yeah. Holy crap! I didn't what? realize the Tarot Reader was Xanadu. Yeah, that's. Uh, you didn't know that? I I didn't realize it. No. Yeah. I they know call, they they they, they, they call they call something, but I wasn't like you know completely paying attention either. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like they're trying to kick. I don't know if the Sentinels of Magic are coming out in it or if they're trying to they they were trying to kick something off so they can have a you know a little franchise going. Isn't she a little old to be Xanadu and a little dark? I mean that that's not as big a deal, but is Sandra supposed to be you know a little younger, a little hotter? Well, I mean she's eternal, so she should always be in her prime. But yeah, it you know it ma- makes sense here that for the Bayou that they get like a a black mystic. But I mean she's like Morgan Lefay's sister, you know? Yeah, she is, and I think her other sister is the Lady in the Lake. Yeah, right. So she's that old. Yeah, and that white. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was watching it with uh, Emily and Liz, and I'm like, you know what? I'm disappointed in these fucking racist bastards, man, because they were mad at Thor for Heimdall being black, you know? They're mad at who else? They're, they're, they always get mad at people being black, but then Madame Xanadu's black, and they don't say shit. Did they know it was Xanadu? Well, that's that's what I'm saying. If you're that hateful and that racist, you should do your research so you know what to be pissed off about. Which, by the way, I, I don't know if I could blame uh, the, the people that, that cast her, who I'm 
Hampshire don't read comics. Yeah. Because I just looked her up and her real name is Nimue Inwudu. Like that that's <laughs> Xanadu's name before yeah. they call her Xanadu. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. The, uh, Morgan Le Fay and Viviane are sisters. Yeah. So I can't really blame them for seeing, oh, Nimue Inwudu? Okay. Yeah. And and ultimately, like, to me, it just it just fits better. Like, the white people in the bayou are the dumb ones fucking with the swamp, you know? And then the minorities are the ones that know the land, you know? And they're, like, trying to respect it. So it just makes sense that she would be, the mystic would be a, a, a minority, yeah? It's also, like, if you look at if you look at white people, like, they're religious, but they're, like, not religious like the minorities. The minorities are, like, full-on programmed, you know? Yeah. So even witchcraft, I think the white people are more easygoing about it. Yeah, so they wouldn't be have a white Xanadu. A little, something. a little too free with it. I mean, like, there's a, a lot of problems that start from, from drunken white people pulling out a Ouija board to have some fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else was good about this episode? You know, I, I was reading something about it because I, I was listening to to the other show we did where you talked about the Peapod. Oh, yeah. Because there, there was a story. Well, the headlines just caught my attention when I was when I was looking for news. And it was a dude that wrote that it was something like, like yes, Swamp, swamp Thing fucks and, he should, and we should see him or something like that. And uh-huh. it, it was a dude that he wrote an article where he talked about how, how he had heard of the Alan Moore stuff Uh and he always considered reading it but he never did until the dc universe app came out and it was there then he actually read it and he talked about the peapod well he called Uh it a yam yeah (laughs) so i i need to see a i need to see a picture of it because i yeah anyway yeah so he talks about that and how he he was he he was kind of angry because he feels like when they had 13 episodes, at some point, Swamp Thing was going to fuck Abby Arcane. Uh-huh. But he thinks that they, when they shortened it, they probably that's probably one of the things that gets cut out. Uh, yeah, maybe. It, I don't know. It was really just, I mean, I call it an article, but it was really just the guy ranting. But I thought it was cool to see that like somebody like the the dc universe app got somebody to read the alan moore run and apparently he loved it like it it was like one of the best things this dude has ever read from from this article and it's something that he it's one of those things he wanted like there's all these books that we get or hear about that we're like oh yeah i'd like to read that and then we don't we forget it's not at the shop when we get there or we get the the shop and issue one and two are missing so we don't get the rest because we want to read the first two and this is one of the benefits of the dc universe app is they put that shit there and you can now just start reading reading some of this older stuff that's great yeah i i've actually gone back to read those the only problem with the dc universe app is that they take stuff away it's limited, you know? So, in a way, I mean, it's good if you want to get people to buy comics, but, uh, you know, it, I didn't get to finish Doom Patrol, you know? Or, like, how many <laughs> how many issues did you get? One. Oh, just one? <laughs> yeah, because I was reading it at work, and then uh, they don't have a Kindle app, so I was reading it on the browser, and I was just, you know, reading, and then somebody came in, and then, you know, I locked the, the tablet, set it down, and then it got busy. Then when I went back, it was gone. No more. Like, they didn't have it anymore. It was like a limited release. Oh, it's only on for, like, a little while? That's weird. Yeah, I don't, it might, you know what, they, they probably had it on the whole time before the series came out, and I think halfway through the series, they took it out. 
And my theory is that they took it out because they released that omnibus where you could buy all Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol for like 150 bucks. That makes sense. I was going to yeah, say, and, well, they had to clear out room for the swamp, and swamp Thing stuff, but yeah, that omnibus makes more sense. Yeah, and then like, you know, the comic shop I go to in Long Beach, they have all their DC hardcover stuff is 50% off, so that's going to be like 75 bucks. And then I think Prime, Amazon Prime has it for like 90 bucks. That's not a mo deal, but yeah. Yeah, digital one, right? No, the the hardcover. Oh, hardcover. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the digital one I think is like for Kindle might be like probably like the 75. We'll see. What's it called? The DC Omnibus? It's called the uh, DC Universe Grant Morrison. Oh, so it's specifically a Grant Morrison. Yeah. I thought it was like just a whole bunch of classic stuff. No, it's the, it's his whole run. Yeah, it's ninety three thirty four right now. It's the Doom Patrol Omnibus by Grant Morrison, and it's yeah ninety three thirty four. It's one fifty cover price. Yeah, they don't even offer it on Kindle. Man, they're pushing that Rebirth Omnibus. <laughs> that that came up a lot when I looked this up. But yeah, Swamp Thing already canceled. Yeah, maybe it'll come back in the in the uh, Warner's Media app. I have a feeling it will, but it won't be the same production team. No, then it might as well be canceled then, because. Because, yeah, it, it's, I don't know if they're going to, you know, everything they wrote, like DC owns, you know, or DC Media owns, but it's just, I don't know, like the little, like that, that thought to have him dig at his own head and then just have it regenerate. Like, that's a James Wan type of a thing, you know, like horror thing. The people, the people actually working on it, they have that, that like, that, I don't know, expressing that grittiness, like everything's like dirty and muddy, you know what I mean? Except for the people, they, they could be a little dirtier. <laughs> Nobody looks like they live in humid weather. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Swamp Thing had like a little sweat on his white shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, well, because he's from someplace else. So he, I guess he's not used to it. He's like he bought flip-flops specifically for to not wear shoes while he's Like in. fancy slip flip-flops, yeah. too. Like they kept giving him shit for that. Yeah. And even his like his clothes isn't like he's got like cargo shorts, but they're like, you know, Banana Republic or something. But yeah, overall, it's a good show. And yeah, I, Larry still hasn't seen it, I don't think. None of it? None of it. I mean, he had time to watch Jessica Jones. Right? Yeah, but that's Marvel. And he had a vested interest because he got the product placement deal with NOS Energy. Yeah. It's like, why would she drink that? Like, I mean, it's a it's a fine, fine tonic, but yeah. I guess we can go into Jessica Jones, too, huh? Yeah. What, what, what do you give this episode of Swamp Thing? How many pee pods at a... At a what, five? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go four. Four. The, the stuff with... With, uh, what is he, like the mayor or something? Yeah. In Sunderland? Yeah, it's, I don't know, it, it wasn't, like, it, that, those parts got a little boring. Like, the, his relationship stuff, his, yeah. his, uh, steely money yeah. stuff. Okay, that got my attention, and, you know, how he, he didn't want Abby Arcane to, to go into the lab and you find out why. That's interesting stuff, but the, the, his relationship with his wife and, and his fidelity, that was a little, like, okay. I already yeah. know he's an asshole. You don't have to. Yeah, you have hey, to sell me on it. Yeah, you don't have to show me him trying to cheat on his wife while she's grieving in another room. Yeah. So, and that might lead to something else, but for this episode specifically, that, you know, wasn't into that. And you know what? You know what sucks is because since they ended it early, the stuff they're trying to build in with his extra story, like, might, might not pay off. 
Right. So it's just like wasting my time at this point. Yeah. And that's that, that's one of the things when they told when I saw that they ended at episode 10 and they ceased production for on four episodes. I was like, man, that means that like, you know, some of the things they're not going to finish it, finish. They're going to leave loose ends, you know, because you have to kind of go back and edit stuff out. You can't just take out four hours of content that you were going to use and just do a new ending. I mean, you can, but it'd be easier to just edit shit out. Yeah, I think those last two episodes are going to feel really rushed. Yeah. Definitely the last last one. Whenever they found out that they're not getting those last three, shit had to get rushed. Yeah, I think they finished nine, and then they were going to do ten and the rest, and then they just cut it and then did, rewrote the tenth episode. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with it, and then a month later, find out from the people working on it where they wanted to go with it. Yeah, I got to write that down, because when I talk to James Wan or the other people on the ask that too well i'm sure i'm sure there'll be like news stories about it yeah but i want to be the news so i want to ask him before okay i'll remind you when we run into him at comic-con well i'm just gonna email him <laughs> yeah, just, here i have a list of questions you know enjoying the series let me know if you know what i can do to if you need promotion or whatever you know all right. Well, you're going to be a advisor on season two. Yeah, that'd be sweet. I'd make it just like the USA TV series. All crappy. Or you can convince them to make a, a Swamp Thing movie, but call it like Swamp Thang. <laughs> Where just was a, that from? I don't know. Nope. That was, that was a, it came out, Swamp Thang came out on like Supergirl or something. What? Yeah, there was like a, a I forgot what it was. This is one of those TV shows, and you're like they pass by a theater and it says Swamp Thing. Wait, you're not talking about the TV show. You're talking about the movie. No, I I don't remember where I saw it. Oh, I thought I just made it up, but if it was like in Supergirl, then I probably just saw it. Yeah, you saw it in the background and. Yeah, no, so I'm not half as creative as I thought. Okay. Now I gotta find out where it's from. Alright, what else we got? Oh, Jessica Jones, man, why don't you tell us about that? Okay, you've only seen one episode, right? Yeah, but I'm all in because I saw Hellcat. Ah, and wait till you get to episode two. Because, um, let me try to remember, because I'm on episode five, so the, the early episodes get a little bit blurry, which is actually a compliment, because I didn't realize I was in episode five, and then I try to, in my head, think, okay, what was episode one? What was episode two? Because it, it feels like just one long thing that I've been watching, and and that's a compliment, because it, it means the, the story's keeping me interested. And if episode one is the search for Hellcat, like that's her, that's her case is she's looking for Hellcat. I'm asking you. Yeah. Okay. I'm hires her to find her. So episode two, I think you, especially as a huge Hellcat fan, you're going to, you're going to enjoy more because it's, it's what's happened in the time frame of episode one, but Hellcat's point of view. So like when... When Jessica Jones is 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 tracking her down, you you know in, in episode two, this is what she's doing. This is what this is why she was in that apartment. This is why she wrote that email to Jessica that Jessica found in in her laptop. Huh. So it it's it's a cool thing. And actually, I think episode two was actually directed by uh, Kristen Ritter. Oh, okay. 
And, and it's a good episode. It's it's more the origin story for Hellcat. That's what it felt like it was going. Like, even the whole series, it's like, if you just follow Hellcat, I'm calling her that now. I'm never calling her anything else. Look, I've been call- I haven't called her Tristy- Trixie at all. I, I've been calling her even even uh, when when I told you in the in the message, I just kept calling her Hellcat. Yeah, <laughs> you mean Patsy? Yeah, we calling her. No, well, Patsy was her character name. No, but that I mean that was her name. But like, it, well, in the comics, you know, Hellcat's secret identity is Patsy Walker. Right. Like, well, it's the same thing in the show. Why was I calling her Trixie then? What the hell was I thinking of? Because because her character name is Patsy Walker in the. Yeah, it's Patricia, so maybe because of Patricia, you were calling. Oh, her? you know what? They might have called her Trish. Oh, maybe yeah. Oh, that's what they call her in the radio. Yeah. Yeah, that's her nickname. On is uh Trish, so that's probably what I was thinking of. Yeah, Trixie. But yeah, like if you just follow her from the first season up until now, even through Defenders, it's like leading her to Hellcat. Yeah, so she starts off season three as Hellcat. Yeah, even the costume. Like Marvel Netflix, that's how they would design Hellcat. There's a there is a scene where she tries out different costumes. Oh yeah. So they do get a chance to give you classic. Oh, they do. Yeah. Well, they did that with Jessica Jones too, right? Yeah. Where they pulled out the, uh, a classic costume and she's like, "Oh hell no." Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, there, there's a there's a scene that takes place in a costume shop. Right. So so you get you get a little bit of that. Well, doesn't Hellcat have like like something on her feet, like on her feet, like claws or something, like a cat? No, no they're just boots. Hmm. All right. Well, whatever. Yeah. So. Episode two is her origins, and then from then on, the the mystery that Jessica Jones has to solve and the villain she has to go after starts to starts to happen. And it's Jessica Jones who's a loner, and now Hellcat who wants to team up with Jessica Jones because they they grew up as sisters, and kind of the the conflict there. Don't forget season two, uh, Hellcat killed jessica jones's mom right so they're not they're not talking but yeah you know that uh hellcat is out there by herself with she i mean she just developed her powers and wants help from jessica jones who is her sister and somebody that's had powers all you know half her life at least and has actually done superhero things so all this in the background of a villain that uh, I, I I thought was interesting. I don't know if he's a if he's a regular Jessica Jones villain. I don't know who the villain is yet. He's super smart. Like they they show he has several PhDs. What's his name? They don't get. They didn't give a nickname. If he had a nickname, then it was then it'd be something I can search a lot easier. Wow, I was going to type in Jessica Jones season three, and because I was talking, I wrote Jessica Jones search. <laughs> see see why I blame Lawrence. Yeah, Lawrence needs to be here, but he doesn't. That's when you hit the fuck you, Larry. His, his name is Gregory Salinger. Oh. Is that ringing any bell? Super smart, kills people, and uh, chops them up, I guess, but that's just to dispose of the bodies. I guess I could look up Gregory Salinger and see. Yeah. There, there's a character named that, but I don't remember who he is. You're looking him up. He's Fool Killer. Is what? His name is Fool Killer. Yeah. Yeah, so that's... See, do you know anything about Fool Killer? Not a lot. I and mean, you know he was in Deadpool's Heroes for Hire for a while, but that's about it. I mean, I think he teamed up with Blockbuster. 
He's like a low-level dude from... Not like low-level, but he's from the other comics that aren't like... They're street-level comics, you know? Like the Luke Cage and all those. Yeah, and I'm looking at his bio at, at Marvel. And, I mean, it, he has like a a psychology degree and like a literature degree, but he doesn't seem as smart as the character in the show. Like he, he looks like he's just an assassin. He has a, he has a costume to kind of, I should post this in chat. Cause his, his he kind of looks like uh, a low budget, uh Deathstroke uh-huh. in this, in this image anyway, I'm trying to, there's like four fool killers. Though. Yeah. Well, Salinger's the second, but it, like he he doesn't seem to have the even the the intelligence intelligence level like they they go into his house and he's got like five PhDs on the wall yeah and dude dude is smart like he he just reads shit and and he knows it so yeah I I don't know I can't get this picture to go into chat is it so, the one where he looks like a pirate <laughs> no he's 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 got somebody on his on like a psychiatrist couch uh huh. But while the dude is talking, and it looks like like it could be crossbones or just somebody with a similar mask, is oh, like yeah. talking to him, and it's him sitting in the chair, like looking at him. But in his head, he's he's thinking of strangling him with a rope. Yeah, that that's yeah, that is crossbones. Oh, I see the pirate one. No, no, it's not that. It, this dude hasn't worn a mask either. He, he's just a, in fact, he kind of looks like a nerd. Like the first time you see him, he shows up and he's you know he he's got like shorts and and a short sleeve t shirt. He's not the guy that wanted to make burgers, is it? No, no. Like he's got, he's got. Look, that guy looked cool. This guy yeah. walks in like, like shorts, uh, like a, a short sleeve shirt, and he's got like a tiny looking backpack. Where like I, I saw it. I'm like, well, this guy, this guy is just some, some poor innocent dude that Jessica Jones stumbled into. You said tiny backpack, like like a purse? No, no. Like he's wearing a backpack, but it's tiny on his back. Oh. Like one of those, like Camelback. Yes, but it's supposed to be a back. Like it's just too small for him. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta see that. What episode does that come out? Uh it's it's probably gonna be like three or four. It's not the episode with the hamburger guy. Well, I thought you only saw the first one. Was the hamburger guy in the first one? Yeah. Did they go back to Jessica's apartment? Yeah, that was the first episode. Okay, so it's probably gonna be like the third one because it's it's when like the end of that first episode what happens uh-huh. then when she's looking when she's trying to find out who who did it that's where you're introduced to him okay so it's, it's probably going to be the third one maybe the fourth yeah okay. I, I can't i can't find a picture of him with the little tiny backpack <laughs> and it's not it's not even really tiny i think it's like normal i don't know it just looks weird just you see him wearing it and, and it's weird huh. if it's if it yeah I mean, we're you and me are are a little different in that sense that little shit like that kind of sticks out like a tiny backpack or uh, just something off to the side, you know. Well, they- I, I I saw that and I thought, oh, who the fuck is this goofy little nerd? <laughs> yeah, but he he's super smart. I mean, it outsmarts Jessica more than once. Obviously, if he's the main villain, I'm only in episode five. Obviously, they haven't they haven't caught him. Yeah. Uh, there's some stuff with Hogarth that I'm hoping pays off later on. Cause right now it's just like the, the dude in Swamp Thing, kind of a boring thing. Uh-huh. I like the character and I forget his name right now, but he, in season one, he was the, uh, the crack addict. Oh, Malcolm. Yeah. 
he's he was working for Jessica, the the black dude. Like he seeing his pro- progression. If I mean the way he was a crack addict, right? In, in season one, and now in season three, he's kind of like a, a big shot private eye. Yeah, like Jessica Jones. Yeah. Like, when he was having the party in the first episode, I was like, man, I'm proud of him. Yeah, like, dude's moved up. And yeah. so, some of the shit that, that he does, because he's working for Hogarth, you know, yeah. it's like, wow, that's... His character progression has been, like, the most impressive. Yeah. Because Jessica Jones, even though she's trying to be a hero now, she's still kind of the same person from season one and two. Right. You know, just trying to be better. Yeah. But kind of still the same. You know, even to the point that after that first episode, you know she's going to have PTSD from that event. Yeah. And that's going to come into play. Yeah. I, I saw it. It was weird. I don't know if because I've watched her, but it was weird to see her get stabbed. Like, because she knows she walks around with so much confidence. You know, she's strong and powerful. But then just, like, not being able to get up, like, that almost gave me a little, like, anxiety. You know, like, her trying because she still tried to catch the dude that stabbed her, you know? Yeah. And she's like just running, not running, but crawling down the hallway, like not giving up. I'm like, man, it's like, it's a good, interesting way to like kind of ground someone that's very powerful. Yeah. I forgot she wasn't invulnerable. Yeah. Like, I, I it's weird because it's, it's almost like she's invulnerable if she sees it coming, you know? Like, if she stands in front of a bus, like she's invulnerable. But if she doesn't see it coming, like they can get her. Yeah, I guess she could tense up and with super strength, her muscles. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, that that makes sense. And that goes to to the intelligence of the villain, too, because he got her right in the exact perfect spot where, you know, the the doctor tells her, if you were a normal person, you'd be dead. You never would have made it to this hospital. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, it was a good first episode. Hogarth's story, like, I'm kind of not interested, but I kind of am. Like, I can do without it, but... You know, like, she's the, the, the lawyer to the heroes, you know what I mean? Yeah. I want to see her do that. I'm not trying to see her, like, you know, trying to be... Try, trying to bang an old flame. Right, before she dies of ALS. Yeah. I'm hoping it, it uh, that's what, that's what I'm saying, I'm hoping it pays off later on. Yeah. But there is a lot of that. There is her trying to, like, trying to to reconnect with somebody because she has ALS. Yeah. Yeah. I, first time I saw her was interesting. Did Is episode one where she has the conversation with, with Jessica? Yeah. See, that was interesting. The whole, what, what's going on there with her. Like not wanting to deal with this disease, and that right. that that scene of them discussing what what she wants to do, that was cool. I enjoyed that. But then every other time you start to see Hogarth, it, it it's a it's a it's a relationship thing. Now yeah. it, it looks like it's moving to something more interesting. It looks like it it's it's moving towards the because she is the lawyer to superheroes, and that that's going to become a, a bigger deal from what I'm seeing. That and also the fact that Malcolm works for her. And every time he interacts with her, it's progressing his story too. That's interesting. Yeah. So I'm not skipping over all the Hogarth stuff, but you know, there's there's a few times where like, okay, I, I, yeah, you're gonna bang this chick. Okay, I I, I get it. <laughs> Let me skip ten seconds. See if anything interesting starts to happen. No. Okay. Well, let's go another ten seconds. Oh, hey, there's Malcolm. Okay, I'll start watching again. It's, it's kind of a shame because I, I I like Hogarth's character. We'll see where that goes. Yeah. Uh, well, they got a good actress to play her. And the, they've done interesting stuff with a character. What they're doing here is where I'm, like, kind of iffy. But, again, I've only seen one episode. Yeah. It's good. I'm on episode five. They, 
half of her stuff is going to be interesting with the the superhero stuff. The Malcolm stuff is going to be interesting, and then there's going to be half that that I don't want to call it boring. Uh-huh. I'm not even going to tell you to skip, even though there there were a couple of sections that I just kind of skipped a few seconds ahead because uh-huh. it, it. I'm trying not to spoil either. The the stuff. The, Larry's not here. The the stuff that she's doing to hook up with this with with another character uh-huh. has a huge impact on Malcolm because Malcolm has to do the dirty work. Oh, and so her like a, a scene with her talking to this chick and you it, it's obvious she's trying to hook up with her. That uh-huh. you know I skip that because you know it's 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 just them talking about reminiscing about stuff and flirting with each other. Yeah, so I, I skipped it, but. This is a married woman, so Malcolm is the one that has to has to take care of that, and right. that and that's the interesting part. Okay. So the 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 stuff with Malcolm makes her stuff interesting. So you don't have to skip it. Yeah, it I would even say don't because it's not even like it's it's long scenes either. I mean, a minute or two spread out over an episode is is not that much. Okay. So and, yeah, it might pay off. Yeah. So. Um, so so far, season three, I've enjoyed it more than Jessica Jones season one and two. You know, from the first episode, I, I can kind of say the same thing. Like, it even feels like, especially the first issue, feels like reading a comic book. Like, I don't know if they storyboarded it or something. Like, it just hits those beats, like reading a, a first issue, you know? Yeah, maybe they knew it was going to be their last one. They, they probably did. And season one was good. I just, there was a lot of her PTSD. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was, I mean, the whole villain. And, and, that, and that's her thing. Yeah. No, but that's the villain she was fighting, too. Right. You know? But it was just a lot. Like, there's some of it in season two, but, it, I mean, season three from that yeah. stabbing, but it's not, like, nonstop like it felt in season one. Yeah. And I and I, I enjoyed season one. Yeah. Not, I don't want to knock it too hard. Season two, I honestly don't even remember it. Other than than the fact that her mom was there. Yeah. It's funny because I told Emily, like, let's watch season three. I I need to watch at least one episode so I have something to talk about. And uh, I I didn't want to watch it without her because we watched season two. And she's like, I don't think we watched season two. (laughs) And then then I'm like, well, let's just watch the first one and then we'll go and catch up. Because either way, I need to watch it. I, I just waited for you. And then she's watching the recap, and she's like, okay, I remember this. She remembered stuff up to, like, the second to last episode. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, season, I, I personally, I feel season two from, I still felt like I hadn't watched it also. But from watching the recap, I'm like, oh, I remember this. I remember this. And it's like, I, I felt season two was, was good. Season one was good, except it was too long. Like, I didn't, three episodes of being in the house with Purple Man, like, she could have killed him then, you know? Yeah. Like, it, that that was unnecessary but that's the only my only critique of season one but this first episode of third season like feels like a comic and oz if you ever feel inclined to read the alias comics that whole like ptsd thing with purple man and that what they based the first season on happens in like issue 18 of her series so you get to see her without that before you know what i mean okay and it changes into that yeah when she was she was a hero right like she actually oh she was already like they talk about her being a hero an established hero and then quitting and then they she's already like a a detective on issue one but (coughs) the with Purple Man happens in like the third arc, not not at the beginning, like the TV series. So you kind of get to see her change into the PTSD person. Yeah. Yeah. She's not like the happy, upbeat person as it is, you know. And she never becomes that. Like that, it's funny you were saying that she hasn't really changed as much as all the characters around her. But even in like up until like 
the initiative or secret avengers like she's always like stayed more or less the same you know yeah well i guess i expected her to be more because it seems like she's trying to be a good superhero yeah but i mean she's still depressed and and drinking all the time yeah and hates everything yeah no, that's how she's in the comics, too. Only she's not drinking. What is she doing in the comics? Like, smoking? Nothing? Well, she, no, she has a kid now, so that kind of distracts her. Oh. Like, she hates everything except Luke Cage. Well, and her kid, right? And her kid, yeah. What's your, kids, what's your kid do? Does the kid have power yet? Uh, The kid might, but I haven't read those in a while, so I don't know. Like, the kid, if they're even aging the kid, I know they aged a bunch of kids uh, around the Secret Wars time. Like, when they came out, they were older than I remember them, so I think... Uh, I think the kid might be aged, but I don't. I don't know what the kid is doing. All right. Well, I'm enjoying season three. Yeah, I am too. And I bet, I bet Lawrence loved it. Oh yeah, he loved it. He loves Marvel. I I, I love last week when I, I was trying to check his his Marvelness because <laughs> he wouldn't say he wouldn't call it ugly like <laughs> the the character designs like oh yeah they, yeah they were ugly. I had to like really like worded in a way that where he would say they're ugly well he was trying to he was trying to joke with us in uh in our text messages when i when i sent the picture of those books i found yeah and to be honest like when it came in i looked at it and for a few seconds i didn't seem like a joke yeah like talking about the the stanley books yeah uh yeah for people that don't know i was at a bookstore and I found a couple of books that were uh, Stanley Stanley's How to Draw Superheroes or Stanley's How to Draw Comic Books. Yeah. And I was looking at it like Stanley's not an artist. Yeah. You know, the, like if it was Jack Kirby's How to Draw Superheroes or or um who's who's Spider-Man dude? Ditko How to Draw Superheroes. Okay, now now we're talking. And you know what? I actually opened one and there was like Alex Ross art in it too. Yeah. And I think you you saw like different artist characters in the in the covers that I sent. Yeah. Well, the the artist that he created with other people. But yeah, and it's kind of like like I want to see a Jack Kirby like CGI cameo, you know what I mean? You think they'll do that? Nobody knows what Kirby looks like. I know, you know. Yeah, but they're not gonna do it just for you. They need to do it for the character. Yeah. Like they have him in Captain America, like he's Stanley's in it, but Stanley didn't even create Captain America, you know? Yeah. And I can only say this because Larry's not here. But yeah, it's like it was Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Like Stanley was still when Captain America was created, Stanley was still like seventeen, sixteen. Yeah. So I, I saw those books and I got pissed off and left the bookstore. It's funny. Another thing we did with Larry was when you mentioned that people were trying to want Jason Mumwa to be uh, to be uh, Wolverine. Yeah. And it's like, and then you posted the picture of him as Sabretooth that somebody drew, and Larry's like, "Wow, that looks awesome." But it's like, honestly, like I don't think Marvel Studios would make a good decision on how Sabretooth is gonna look. Yeah. Yeah. No, the characters never looked like that. Was the image done by Boss Logic, who I'm convinced doesn't do anything else but these uh, <laughs> these casting images. I don't know how the dude makes a living. Yeah, but sells prints. None, yeah. of the, none of the characters that they've actually done have really looked a lot like any of his art. Which I mean, it shows how talented he is. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I was willing to go to say that Marvel Studios doesn't make characters look that good. Like the heroes look good, but then the ones that aren't like that they redesign don't look good. Yeah. And I mentioned Scarlet Witch didn't look like she didn't look like Scarlet Witch. And at first she didn't look that good. She looked better later on. Um, but like Abomination was another one. And Larry was all Marvel already in that too, where he's like, I like that. Abomination looked horrible. Right. He looked like Doomsday. 
But like but, worse if that's possible. You know, but Larry's like, I like those. And when I say he looked like Doomsday, I mean Batman versus Superman Doomsday. I'm not yeah. I'm not talking comic book Doomsday. Yeah. Because there's people gonna be like, oh, Doomsday is a cool looking character. No, not in that movie. <laughs> no. Even Krypton Doomsday's better. Yeah, because he actually looks like Doomsday. Krypton everything is better because their brainiac is better too. Well, you guys talk shit about his Zod, about the Zod. Yeah, but Oh, yeah, that but, was more his beard. Yeah, but I'm okay with it. He's a little bit more Zodish in in season two. More of that. I I I control everything because he kind of does. Season two started already. Yeah, the first episode came out. I don't think the second one. I think the second one's out like today. So I'm probably watch that tomorrow or in a couple of days. It's fine. I I just wish the time traveler was Booster Gold, especially since he technically fucks up everything at the end of season one. But I I'm okay with Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Well, Adam Strange. Oh. But I believe he has a PhD, so I call him Doctor Strange. So he's a time traveler, huh? Yeah, well, that Zeta wave thing. Uh, yeah. Lobo's not out yet? Yeah, he's in the he's in the first episode. I don't like him. No? No, he's got the Lobo attitude, but, I mean, you said the dude has the body, but he looked a little small to me. No, I saw him in an Instagram post, so he was probably edited, highly edited. And it was like a... Like a him in front of a wall kind of thing, like a press picture, not a actual set photo. Yeah, and maybe I mean he's only a few seconds in the in the first episode. Maybe second or third when he actually spends some time on screen, you know, I'll feel different. But he he just seemed a little small to me. <clears throat> in that picture you post you posted in chat last week, he looked small too. Yeah, I mean that's a the one where he's talking where you said he's talking to the kids. Yeah. Yeah. See those no. Yeah, yeah, he looks smaller than 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 the kids. Well, they're not kids, though; they're adults. But <laughs> like, I, he he's supposed to look like Jason Momoa, basically. Yeah. And this guy, I don't know, he he doesn't look that big. And you're right that that tiny, tiny, tiny vest he wears is it's too tiny. Yeah, I, I yeah. It's like he's wearing a girl's vest. Yeah, that doesn't help him. <laughs> I don't. Know, we'll see. I'll check out episode two as, as soon as I can and and let you know. But. So far, I'm not impressed. I I can't believe they want to already give him a show. Like I can understand wanting to do a, a Lobo TV show because Lobo is interesting enough. But with this guy, I need to CGI some muscles on this guy, <laughs> or get smaller actors to act against, <clears throat> or just hire a big buff dude. Like there's a lot of big buff dudes that are actors. I thought I saw something a while back that Momoa did want to be Lobo. He wants to be everybody. Well, he's an actor. He wants to be. He wants to get paid, so he'll do anything. Like he was talking about doing a twins movie with uh, Peter Dinklage, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, you know, he you, he wants to be everything, but all the ideas I keep hearing are kind of cool ideas. Yeah. Well, the one I heard was that uh, who was it? I think the director of the original twins wanted to make a sequel and it was going to be triplets. They're going to find a third. Right. Eddie uh, Murphy was going to be the third. You're right. Yeah. And I thought that was awesome. Like those three, but it never happened. Talentless heck in chat says Lobo needs a Shazam suit. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when Jason Momoa was skinny. I do too. I watched uh, Stargate Atlantis. 
all of a sudden he gets buff. He gets to be Conan, Aquaman. He wants to be Lobo. Wants to be Sabretooth. The funny thing is, in Atlantis, he was he was skinny. He w- he wasn't super buff, but in that cast, he was the buff dude. Yeah, like that was his character was just being the the big buff dude that fought everything. He was the uh, uh what was the dude from from SG One Tilk. Uh-huh. He he was he was their their big big buff yeah. black dude. Yeah, and now he man. He bulked up. Yeah, steroids, man. Yeah, I wish this guy trained with him or took steroids. I wish we all did. Well, not me, because it. Shut up, talented heck. Don't don't they make your ball smaller? I could afford to lose a few. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, you're not trying to have kids or anything either, so yeah. I specifically don't want to have kids. Right, so you don't need those parts, really. No, I need them just for to make my shit work. But other than that, I'm good. Yeah. All right. Uh, talentless Hex says make Momoa Bane. Yeah, just make him everything. Yeah, no, not Bane. He's too hairy for Bane. Yeah. Alright, let's ju- do uh, the heavy metal minute and then we'll jump in the news. Okay. Megadeth frontman Dave Mustaine put out a statement on his social media outlets letting us know that he has been diagnosed with throat cancer. He will be undergoing treatment soon, and his doctor is very optimistic. They're giving him a 90% success rate. So hopefully it's going to turn out all right, and it's not going to affect his voice. Uh, the Irish government failed at trying to keep Behemoth and Abanda Marth out of Limerick, Ireland. They were scheduled to have a show on Monday, June 17th, but the show went off without a hitch. The mayor of Limerick was trying to get the Minister of Justice to enforce an act from 1999 that would effectively keep the band out. The show went off without a hitch, as I said, and people loved it. It became a a big party night in downtown Limerick because people were celebrating the failure of the Christians. Ginger has finished recording their new album. This is newsworthy because they went in to record it at the end of May, so it only took about two and a half weeks to finish it. The album is due later this year. I don't know what kind of post-production or anything they're going to do on it, but they're done recording. The Led Zeppelin album Houses of the Holy has been banned on Facebook. The artwork apparently has been taken down from different users' uh, profiles without permission, and different fan sites and fan pages on Instagram have been blocked and Users have been locked out of their own profiles for having the image of two butt-naked children climbing a mountain. And finally, the Black Label Society has announced a fall tour that will be having support from the Black Dahlia Murder and Alien Weaponry. The string of shows is set to kick off on September 11th later this year in Ventura, California. I'm Moses Magnum, and this has been a Heavy Metal Minute. I forget, was did Dave Mustaine leave, or was he thrown out of Metallica? Uh, he was thrown out, but they didn't talk to him about it. They just left him at a bus stop while he was drunk with a ticket back home. Yeah, I remember it was something fucked up about that. Yeah. Yeah, it was fucked up, but he was, like, impossible to work with, too, you know? He was doing too much drugs and partying too hard. <clears throat> and even Mustaine was like, okay... You did this. That's fine. And they were on the way to record the first album. And he goes, don't use any of my songs. But if they did that, 
then they would have three songs on that first album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So just, they just used his songs anyway. And they credited him. There was no need for a lawsuit or anything. They credited him and paid him. You know, he still gets money for their song, those songs. But then, you know, after that, he made it his, his life's uh, work to outdo Metallica. <laughs> yeah. And uh, some say he did. Yeah, but most say he didn't. Well, if you look by uh, album sales and stuff, like they Metallica beats them, you know, yeah. even like live performance sales, ticket sales, Metallica beats them. But if you look at like critically, like the Metallica albums that had his songs on it are better received than the ones that didn't. And um, critically, like like Megadeth's 1992 album was better than Metallica's 1992 album. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, you know, it, it's. Because he did it all of, out of anger, he probably will never succeed like that, you know? He had to, to let that go, but he couldn't. <laughs> yeah. Even still, like, now he's let it go, and they're they're all friendly and shit, but, you know, that just comes with age. But in the meantime, you know, neither Metallica or Megadeth's new albums are anything compared to what they were doing together back in the day. Yeah, and... I guess to his to Mustaine's credit, technically some would say Metallica sold out to get their their huge fame because they they really blew up after in their Black album. Yeah, but they had to like like they got a producer on that album that would basically tell them, "Hey, this shit that you used to do, stop it." Yeah, like I saw I saw a thing where. Um, who's the guitarist Hammett yeah. was talking about like he he actually played the the original plan for Enter Sandman like the, yeah. the, the, the guitar thing it's like three times as long because their their songs at that point were like nine minutes long right and the producer was like fuck that cut that shit and they ended up cutting it to what it is so yeah. the, the black album which a lot of people consider is their best album is right. like it, it's it's cut and it's it's I guess mainstreamed is the way to say it where Megadeth has pretty much been Megadeth for as long as I can remember. Yeah, yeah, they, they've they've always been. It's always been Dave Mustaine calling the shots, whether David Ellison was there or not. Dave Mustaine like was always doing what he wanted to do, and still like he could still sell out a stadium like Metallica can. You know, maybe he'll, he'll sell it out less or in, in less in more time, but they they're still both arena acts. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's an interesting history. I, I hope he gets better. Yeah, I mean, throat cancer is, is not like not a lot of people die from it, from what I I read anyway. If they catch it early enough, it's fine. Like it can be fine. The only thing is how it's going to affect his voice, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. He's a singer, so we'll see. We can only hope for the best. He actually had an injury in the past where his nerves for his hands didn't work, and uh, he couldn't play guitar anymore. So, like, Megadeth took a hiatus, and then he... It's funny if you read the article, I I believe it was one of the uh, Revolver Magazine articles where he talked about how he healed his hands. Like, it, it it... it's literally it, it reads just like Doctor Strange's origin, you know. <laughs> like he started like meditating and doing more spiritual things. Mo, Mo, yeah. Okay, your Wi-Fi must have dropped because you dropped for like a few seconds. Oh, really? You said he was meditating. Yeah, yeah. He regained the ability to play guitar again through that. Well, I'm glad it worked for him. Yeah. <laughs> Although I guess he could have got a cool Mind Stone or something. Yeah. Well. Or not my so what the fuck? Time stone. stone. yeah. Which is actually technically not even the real Doctor Strange shit, right? Right, yeah. No, the Eye of Agamotto isn't. And it's weird because there's no uh, there's no Time Stone anymore. So what's he guarding? You know what I mean? Like in Doctor Strange 2. Well, he has to guard even harder now, right? Because now Earth can get taken over. Like I guess. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Like the, the, the eye was just a, a, a weapon in the war, but the, it was the sanctums that 
guarded Earth. Yeah, I mean, in the movie, I'm not even yeah. talking comic book shit. Yeah, I mean, no, he he, he guards against paradimensional para stuff and stuff and stuff, but they don't they don't really go into that in the movie at all. Maybe after Far From Home, that'll be the case because they're saying that the, I think the original Thanos snap opened up portals to other worlds somehow. Yeah, and people think people are saying that one of the snaps anyway, because there's like four or five snaps at this point, right? Yeah. One of them is supposed to create the X gene. <laughs> That's crazy. I think it'd be easier to just say there was a convergence and a couple of Earths melded together. I mean, no, it would just be easier to just say they, you know, they were there and, and we didn't see them as a threat. You know, like you could make everybody younger and just be like, okay, they're starting to pop up. Humanity was forced into evolve into superpower beings because there was this great world threat, you know? Oh, you didn't see Dark Phoenix. Huh? Well, I guess it doesn't matter because they're not going to go yeah. with the Dark Phoenix. So in Dark Phoenix, like, the, the uh, Xavier had a, a, a phone to the president. Like, there was a, uh-huh. a X phone, <laughs> and the president would call Xavier, and Xavier would be like, oh, yeah, I got, I got a team on that. That's funny. Dark Phoenix was stupid. Yeah, that sounds a lot more like X-Factor. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm starting to lose my voice. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, you want to go ahead and, and jump into news real quick? Comic book news. We should have a like, uh, like her. <laughs> well, not not like that, but like. You got anything? Uh, yeah. Uh, Joe Mad's not drawing Battle Chasers ten and twelve. The image will republish the Battle Chasers anthology. I saw that. Is ten and twelve like the last two? Is it a twelve issue series? Um, look, man. If you read one through nine, like half of these characters didn't even meet yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like the game. The game, like, like it made it with the game tying into the books. At some point, it made it seem like it made it seem like the book was gonna be like fifty issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can see them maybe like there's nothing in it leading into the game, and then depending on the game, I don't know how they'll end it. So I, I don't know what they're doing. And at this point, like I'm okay with him not drawing it. I don't care anymore. You, know? you just want the story to be done. I don't even care about issue ten and twelve. <laughs> like, oh, like, okay. Yeah, I'm good with just the game. You know. Wow, the game is that that good of a story, huh? I mean, it's fine. It's I just when I played the game at the start of the game, I didn't have to think about the comics at all. <laughs> yeah, because it's not taking place from the comics. It's not following the story directly from the comics. And so I'm like, it doesn't even take place on the same like world as the comic. Like it's the same planet, you know. Yeah. It's an area that nobody goes to, you know. Like they just crash landed there, you know. Yeah, I need to get back into that game. Yeah, I, I think to... I'm gonna fuck around and buy the Switch version. Wait, oh, you didn't? You had like the Xbox version or something? Yeah. yeah. See, that's what I got the Switch version, and that's probably why I haven't gotten back into it because I. I took my switch to work, and that's where I was using it. And then stuff happened where they're getting strict, so I haven't really even used it in a while. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it won't even turn on anymore if I don't <laughs> charge it. Like it's yeah. it's just been that long. It's been months. Okay, well, that sucks. You watched the that uh, that Batman movie with the Phantasm, right? Yeah, Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, they're bringing the Phantasm into into DC now. Oh, great. Apparently, I thought look, I thought they had done it before, but I, I guess not. I guess this is the first time Phantasm is actually being brought into the into the comics, and it's in the current Tom King Clay Man run, which is going to be like 12, 12 books total for for the storyline. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to like, yeah, 
I wonder how, because even like, well, I don't know what they're going to do with it, but mm. I don't know if they're going to keep the same origin. But even like if you look at Mask of the Phantasm and then you read like Hush, like they're similar, you know? And even the Telltale game with the Penguin, yeah. like they basically turned the Penguin into Hush and and Phantasm too, you know? Like they made them kind of related to Bruce from the past, you know? Yeah, it was, Phantasm was somebody he was trying to marry, right? Right. Before, it was like either batman or her and he like he could have gone with her if she hadn't turned out to be in the phantasm yeah and they could still work that in because they're doing it it's this is right after the wedding stuff Uh uh-huh so there's a a batman catwoman thing and this could just be a third wheel jumping in and complicating things yeah you know where it starts off kind of like kind of like the movie i don't i'm pretty sure they're not gonna acknowledge the movie but do something similar where it's just someone punishing criminals named the Phantasm, and then turns out, hey, is this person that Bruce Wayne was once in love with? Yeah, I probably just spoiled the books. <laughs> probably, but but they're not out yet. So I, if if I spoiled them, it's because I'm psychic. Deal with it, bastards. Do you read Dow H for Hero? No. See, I thought that that would be something you'd be into because it's kind of like Shazam. Like, you know the hero, right? Yeah. Where a dude, like, dials a phone and gains a superpower. Yeah. Well, Dow H for Hero and the Wonder Twins have been extended to 12 issues. Originally, they were only supposed to do six. Now they're up to 12. And these are from uh, Bendis' imprint, his uh, Wonder Comics imprint, which is uh, geared towards younger audiences. So I can see why, you know, Dal H is, I I consider it a, another Shazam story. You know, say, same thing. Dude does something and get becomes a superhero. And then Wonder Twins, well, they're they're younger. I haven't actually read the book, so I, I can't say too much. But I'm assuming because they're, they're younger kids, it, it goes into, in, into this uh, imprint. I mean, the dude writing it before that was writing Flintstones. Yeah. So I, I'm assuming it's 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 more for kids or I, young adults, I guess. Time, right? I see. I don't, it's not New Fifty Two anymore, is it? Well, there was a Dial H for Hero in New Fifty Two, right? But that was New Fifty Two has been gone for a while, and I think I that thought. one was one of the first to go. Yeah, it might be. It might be along those lines, but it's not that. Like, it's not. I don't even think it's the main character in that one. Like, I think they. I think they change the main character each time they redo it because it's yeah. really just a phone that somebody finds. And I don't remember that one specifically being a, a kid. And you know what? No, actually, I, I don't think it is because I remember that new Fifty Two one, and he, I, from what I remember, he would get different powers right and but i think in this new one i was reading that he just becomes a different hero uh-huh. so i'm not it, it's not it's not exactly new 52 one but you know dr manhattan's fucked everything up anyway yeah so who, who knows at this point yeah, it'll be interesting to check it out i wasn't that into the new 52 one in the wonder comics i'm like Okay, but you said the Wonder Twins are in it? Yeah, well, the, the imprint is called, let's see, I wrote the Wonder Comics or something like that. What the hell did I say? Wonder Comics is the yeah. imprint. So that's his specific label. That's a Bendis label. The right. book is, there is actual Wonder Twins book, though. In that label? Yeah. Or, okay. As part of that label, which I, I just assume this is like the young adult section of DC. Yeah. So there's a Wonder Twins book and a Dial H book. 
I think there was another one, but I forget. They weren't part of this story. But look, they were good enough that they went from ordering six to ordering twelve. Oh wow! And that and that's the real story is that it's been extended to twelve from six. Oh, look, we might have to check that out. Yeah, we'll get Joe on that. Yeah, he liked the he liked the new fifty two one. I remember. Oh, okay. I does he like Wonder Twins? Is that up his alley? I'm sure he he can enjoy them. I might pick up book one of Wonder Twins just so we can talk about it. I don't want to put all the burden on Joe. Yeah. And, you know, Lawrence is unreliable as fuck. Yeah. Okay. Injustice books were used to smuggle meth into Australia. That makes a lot of sense. I'm gonna, that, that that's it that's, that's the whole, <laughs> it's just they, there was like a, a pallet of injustice two books being shipped to australia and uh customs stopped them and found meth in them i'm posting these pictures in chat of how like they they hit the meth like between pages yeah where like if, if you were reading it and just on a page and it stuck together oh but they put a big envelope in between pages yeah I, it looked like just like a little like baggy but no it's it's a I, full I think that book I, I posted specifically is is Batman versus Teenage Ninja Turtles, but the story is about Injustice Two because that's the one they used the most. Apparently. Yeah, so that's I just thought that was interesting. I wanted to post but those pictures. Did they say where they uh they were coming from? Like, were they coming from the DC like distributor? Or? Uh, damn it! Hold on, this thing is playing the commercial. Uh. Sh- no let's see we need to follow we need more investigation in this story because like how did they get the meth in like Like were they shipping to a a comic book shop or something is that what you're asking yeah like like where were they going where they were going to get the who's going to receive the meth and who was sending it like and at what point did it get put in there because i you know i've worked the logistics before like you know shipping and receiving stuff from warehouses and it was a lot of random stuff like sinks and stuff from like they'd come from china or vietnam and then they would go to walmart you know what i mean yeah. and be- they would come to us first we take them out of their shipping boxes from vietnam and then it's the regular box that they put on the shelves and then so we take all those out put them on pallets and send them off to walmart or target and uh like yeah i'm like interested to see where in what step did they put the meth in yeah, yeah it doesn't say all they all they say is they think it came from from California. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, because it comes in from Mexico and it's right on the coast, so you send it to yeah. Australia. Yeah. That that That's it. Uh, $1 million worth of, of ice, which is what they call meth. Yeah, that's what we call it in the industry. Oh, there was cannabis, too. Yeah. Ten people were charged, including a 49-year-old Gold, Gold Coast man of no fixed address. <laughs> described as the ringleader of the group who allegedly arranged the comic book operation wow yeah it doesn't say where they were going whether it was comic book shops or just hey this is a box of comic books i'm sending yeah huh so curious uh they're re-releasing endgame in theaters yeah I saw, well, uh, with with added footage apparently yeah, right a deleted scene but you know i i was i saw that the deleted scene was going to be a post-credit scene right so you got to sit through that movie again. Or I can go to YouTube. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I want to sit through that movie again. Yeah, I don't I don't want to. I might do it when it comes out on Blu-ray just to justify <laughs> me buying it. Yeah. Cuz I'm I'm the guy that has to own like the the whole collection. Yeah. But 
I don't really want to. <laughs> you don't want it in your house? No, I'm fine with it in the house. I just don't want to sit there watching it. <laughs> just fast forward to the end credits. Like the, the more I think about it, the more stuff bugs me. Like, yeah. why, why does Captain America give up his shield when Bruce Banner figured out time travel? Like, not time travel, but how to make him young again. Yeah. I mean, he made Ant-Man young. Right. Just do that to Captain America. He could be Captain I, America forever. And why take a shield from that timeline like away, you know? Yeah. Because he just stole it. Like, he didn't use it. He let all that bad stuff happen, you know? So he, whoever, the Captain America in his timeline had to go fight Thanos without a shield. Probably. Which kept him alive because, remember, Thanos, like, was chopping down at him and the shield, like, he chopped the, the shield. Yeah. Captain America don't have that shield, you know? Yeah. Which another question for for Larry would have been: Was Captain America always worthy, or did he become worthy at some point? Yeah, because people have been saying that that scene where he budges the hammer, yeah, that he that he didn't want to make Thor look bad or feel bad, so he kind of pretended he couldn't pick it up, yeah. but that that he was always worthy to pick it up, and that's why like he knew he could do it in Endgame because it wasn't like like he wasn't like tr- like he didn't just try; he just went and did it. Yeah, and you know what else is stupid? Is that he picks it up, but he doesn't get the power of Thor. I mean, he shoots some lightning bolts, but yeah. but yeah, he should have got the armor. Is what you're saying, right? Yeah, he should have beta ray build. Right, and what it's what Thor did in the first Thor movie. Yeah. yeah, well, it's what he did. he did it in every movie. Like no matter what his armor looked like, he lifted the hammer and more armor came on him. Yeah, in, in Endgame too, because he he was just Fat Thor, and then he raised the the hammer and yeah, a suit came yeah. on him. Yeah, that's one of the I attribute it to one of the flaws that like where um you know like it was Donald Blake that turns into Thor. You know, like he has Thor living inside him, and then he, with the hammer he becomes Thor. Yeah, and they keep throwing that in your face too. Because I know I in Ragnarok he he does the thing with the with the umbrella that's like how he used to do the cane, right? He would slam it into the ground. Yeah, yeah, he does that with the umbrella to become Thor. But then only so you know then when I tell people it's like oh but they they haven't done that in the comics in forever like they don't give a shit about that. But then meanwhile when Jane Foster was Thor nobody recognized her because when she picked up the hammer she turned into somebody else, a female Thor. So it wasn't just the helmet that covered your face, like her. No. everything changed about her. She didn't uh, just get the yeah, suit. Yeah, she became a, a big, like Valkyrie blonde chick. Oh, that's right. Jane Foster isn't blonde. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like comics just did it. You know. Wait, did Beta Ray Bill get blonde hair too? No, Beta Ray Bill looked like a skull guy with like robotic body, kind of. Yeah. And then when he did that, he looked like Thor, like how he looks. Like he 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 looks like somebody from his planet cosplaying Thor. Right. Okay. Um, but he like he lost like his body didn't turn into like there was he had I think he had like a cybernetic arm and then he didn't have that anymore when he had the hammer. So he still got like a new body essentially. I, yeah, I think he did. I'm not a hundred percent sure of that, but I know that also in Fear itself, everybody had hammers with enchantments that were made by the same person, and just they they all got new bodies. Yeah, he should at least got the the armor. And you could have done something stupid like giving him a Thor armor, but he still has the star or something like that. Yeah, like an amalgamation. Like they do in comics, like the redesigns. Like yeah. pretend pretend you're trying to sell toys. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Look, I can't believe they're trying to sell the toys with the uh, with the time traveling suits because they, they all look the same. It's like you just change the head. Yeah. And, you know, it's either Tony Stark or Captain America, depending on the head. Right. Everything else is exactly the same. Yeah. I hate that one. Yeah. Why'd you bring it up? That movie's stupid. 
<laughs> Marvel has a app to try to help kids read. Oh yeah. Called uh, what's it called? Hero Tales. And I thought it was just like I, at first I thought it was stupid. I was like, well, what? Why don't you just give them the comics? But I guess it's like a, a game where they do they, they do stuff and unlock words that then they then make a comic story out of for Miss Marvel or Spider Man. It, it, it's free it's uh it looks like a good way to get kids to read let's see uh yeah you level up by completing activities such as word collection and comprehension of words so i it sounds like a good thing i don't have any kids if you have kids they should be reading comics anyway if they're not like maybe they're a little slow this might help them out bring up bring them up to speed because it, it looks like it was designed specifically for reading and comprehension I might need to use it for me. <laughs> All right. Uh, you wanna you wanna spend time in that cabin from Endgame? Not really. Oh, well, why for, renting it out for a mere eight hundred dollars a night? You can Airbnb that motherfucker. It's Where is a, it at? Fairborn, Georgia. Georgia. Oh yeah, I'm not going. It's like uh, oh, I guess I didn't write it down, but it's like huge farm, basically acres and acres of land. I should have written that down. It's it's either eight or thirty. I, <laughs> But okay. it's look, it's more, you live in LA, so it's more it's more land around a house than you've probably seen in a while, unless you've left the city. Eight hundred dollars a night, and the the article I read said that the uh, it was on Airbnb before the movie, but obviously since the movie, the price has gone up. Man. And it's a three three bedroom cabin in the middle of, of Georgia, where these characters kind of did some stuff so it's where they just had the funeral scene right like it's not even like yeah, it's not a there's tower the funeral scene and then like when they go talk to him and he doesn't want to do anything because he has a kid now oh okay i didn't realize that's the same house yeah i don't know if the if the inside stuff is inside that house uh, i yeah because they were selling the sopranos house for like 30 million or some shit but the inside doesn't even look like the sopranos house they just used it for exterior yeah and the story didn't say the in the interior shots were done in the same spot which it it would make sense because with all the equipment and shit they need to get in there to, to do those shots yeah a, a regular size house where people actually were supposed to live in don't aren't really good for that yeah no i remember when i was in film school they told me to like if you ever need to do interior shots just have them do your own house that way you could remodel it after they'll just pay for it yeah so if you got 800 bucks to spend a night and then uh, a group of nerdy friends to recreate the 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 funeral scene then then there you go or if you got 800 bucks to to spend a night there and some some uh photoshop skills you can cgi people on there with you <laughs> or you could just cgi yourself into that scene and then hey you're standing next to hulk it, it won't look bad any worse than the last scene in, in the game <laughs> yeah and you can look in the in a different direction too yeah so now that they've put out Star Wars Land, Marvel or uh, Disney has gotten approval to put out Marvel Land in Disneyland because Anaheim has already approved it. And from the permits that that were out there, it looks like there might be a microbrewery there too. Huh? I wonder how good that brewery will be. Probably not great. Yeah. But fuck it, you'll be in Marvel Land. But the way people went nuts over Star Wars Land, which I, yeah. I'd like to see it, but not at that price. Yeah, not at that price, and I, the lines were like ten hours long or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah not like people. Uh, I had a lot of people on my feed that were there, and I guess they reserved. 
they bought their tickets for and they get get like a lottery and get the dates. So like people bought like three at a time. So before it even like gets open to the public, like they've already gone like three times. And I'm like, you know what, man? Grow the fuck up. Yeah, I might go in a couple of years when it's not so busy. And I did this thing at Universal Studios Florida. Uh-huh. It, it was I. Honestly, I don't know what it is. Um, my wife bought these for me as a present, but they were these like special passes where we had a guide and we just skipped every fucking line. Oh, nice. I was afraid to ask her how much she, she spent on this. Yeah. But if, if they do something like this at Disneyland, then I might do it and then go through just Star Wars and Marvel. Yeah. But it, yeah, if, like honestly, I don't know how much it is. I don't want to know how much she spent on it. I'm assuming it's a, it, it, it's a lot more than a regular ticket. Because we had a guide, skipped every line, and brunch. Man. And, you know, the, the guide was like, all right, what do you want to do? All right, well, I want to see this, this, and Okay, well, that's that's what we're going to, like, you know, it, it wasn't like like they had a schedule. They, they pulled out a map and asked us, look, what do you want to go? How, how many times do you want to go on this ride? How many times do you want to go on that ride? Huh. That might be the way to do it. Yeah, if Disney does it. This was Universal Studios Florida. Yeah. Yeah, and I say she bought them for me, but look, she's a huge Harry Potter fan. So, <laughs> so the the fact that we got to run around Harry Potter land and didn't go to any of the other bullshit stuff they have there. Yeah. Like, she went to Harry Potter land. I went. I went to the Marvel rides, and <laughs> I think there was a, a Transformer ride in there too. They still have those Marvel rides. Yeah, they had like a Spider-Man one that was, that was cool because it's one of those. And I think this is what they do, what they do in the Star Wars land where you're really just sitting on a thing that's going to shake and move uh-huh. and you're surrounded by screens. It feels like a roller coaster, but you never actually move. In fact, the guy actually took us to the back where they have one of those carts. I guess they were like working on it. And she's like, yeah, watch this. And she hit a button and like the, the cart just starts shaking and moving stuff. And she's like... Oh, so when you when you guys did this, that's coming up right now, and then you see the cart like do the move, like oh yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> but like the, the the cart just never it's in it's in one spot. It's just shaking in different directions. But when we were in the ride, it felt like oh shit, we just got tossed, and Spider Man just saved us, and we got caught in his web. <laughs> It, it, it's a cool thing. I Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Yeah. And then Harry Potter Land, obviously, is cool. Yeah, I guess. Well, you know, if you're a big fan. Yeah. I, I just got drunk. I don't even, I don't think I've ever seen one full movie. Really? None of them? None of them. Huh. I don't know if I, w- if I could say you would enjoy them now. Because, I mean, I wasn't like a teen when the first one came out, but I was, I was like in my 20s. Yeah. And then each movie, the characters are growing older. And so the movies aren't are like less for kids. Yeah, you know, to to a point where in the like the last two or three people are dying left and right. Yeah, like straight up just murders. So fought, like watching them as they come out with me getting older and then watching these kids get older was kind of cool. I don't they're good movies. Yeah, I think like the first two or three, I, I don't think you would enjoy that much because they're they're kids. So they're kids movies for the most part. But then the, the last half of the series starts to get more more to our adult sensibilities, I guess is the way to say it. Oh, that reminds me back about Jessica Jones. That the first episode when she was hanging around with this little kid, I'm like, the fuck this little kid doing around here? I don't want to watch no little kid. 
but then they use that to you know to catch her off guard. Yeah, so, I think that's the only time I saw a little kid. Yeah, it was just at the beginning, just so that you know that there's a little kid that knocks on her door occasionally. Like, but even up to episode five, like I think I think when she gets back from the hospital from getting stabbed, like they they mention, oh, the the kid left left you this or something like that. But I don't oh. think I've seen that kid at all. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, that that works. Out. Yeah, that works out. Teen Titans Go and Scooby Doo were canceled. Oh yeah, yeah. Their last issues are gonna come out September. Okay, and they're gonna finish it off. They, these were like there was three books that they were selling for two ninety nine and more for kids also, but not part of the Wonder imprint, the Bendis stuff. So I the the third one, the only one left is the Looney Tunes book. I didn't read any of Teen Titans Go books, uh, but I think I read like a couple of the Scooby-Doo ones. And that's where emojis and shit were coming out of his eyeball. <laughs> that sounds weird. Yeah. And then DC's gonna go back to dollar comics. <laughs> Really? Well, the the story, the the headline, it caught my attention because it said DC will make a true believer out of you with the return of Dollar Comics. Oh, uh, so probably gonna reprint. Stuff yeah, it, that's what it is. It's reprints, yeah. and in fact, the in the in the story, uh, the reprints are like the first issue, <clears throat> and this is, I mean, th- these don't come out till like September, so it might be the whole story arc is gonna come out, and each book is gonna be a dollar, or it could just be the first one. I would hope it's the whole story arc because they have like uh, Batman six oh eight, a Jeff Loeb book. Yeah. And that's the that's the first story of the Hush. Yeah. Which is a, a great story. So yeah. if you can get like the whole Hush story, I think it's six books, you would end you would get all six for six bucks. You know, as opposed to getting the trade. I would prefer getting the trade, but this is if you if you want that you want to read the story the way it came out, I guess. Yeah. But they could do a reprint of the trade and just not do it in the in the harder bound, do it in the softer like magazine buying. And still charge like you know like seven bucks a seven dollar trade. Yeah, and that's why some people are thinking that they're just gonna do the first one, the first the first book, and then try to get you to buy the the trade. I I don't know. This story just came out, and September is the first month they're gonna do it, and all the ones they're coming out are number one. You know, they they're putting out Crisis on Infinite Earth number one. Okay. So you know, that's something to look forward to. Uh, last week, I think we talked about Batman's Twitter account. Now there's a Wonder Woman Twitter account. Oh yeah, at DC Wonder Woman. So, uh, let's see. This tweet says, "Has anyone seen the Jet?" Question mark. And then another tweet. The champion of the Amazons has officially arrived. I, I'm guessing this is the first tweet, and it's a picture of Wonder Woman. Comic book picture, not not movie, not, not movie. movie. Yeah, although I mean the comic book starting like they're doing that thing where they're making her look more like the comic book. Yeah, well, at least her outfit anyway. The 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 face they changed a little bit. I'll post that in chat. It's a cool picture. I like it. That looks cool. So yeah, you can follow Wonder Woman now. I'd like to know who's doing these accounts. Like who's actually writing some intern. Yeah, but I mean, do they wanna... just do they make shit up or do they do they like have to think like, oh, well, I'm Batman now. What would Batman say? I think they just promote stuff. Yeah, I don't have Twitter, so I don't. Really I want to hear like Wonder Woman's thoughts on like you know the abortion bill. Well, she was made from clay, so yeah. But I still need like I still want to hear her point of view. If she has a Twitter. Yeah, I don't think they're going to talk about that on her Twitter. So, like, 11 hours ago, she tweeted, No matter the year, she's ready for action. How excited are you for Wonder Woman film? Hashtag WW84. All right, so it's promo stuff. 
all promo stuff. It's not like they're pretending to be them. Frank Miller's got a, is a putting out a Superman Year One. Oh yeah. In on the black label, Superman Year One Volume One, art by John Romita Jr. The first of the three volume series by Frank Miller. It's an alternate universe, and the the story is out because he's not reporter Clark Kent nerdy yeah. guy. He's a Navy SEAL. Oh, like he's still Superman. He's just yeah. he's just joined the military and he's a Navy SEAL. Huh. What do you think about that? You want to get in on it? I'm probably gonna read it. It's an Elseworlds, so it doesn't bug me that they changed the origin. I mean, that's the whole point of Elseworlds. They they admit it's an Elseworlds. Yeah. So I I might check it out. See see this different take. You know, if they admit it's an Elseworlds or something like that, then it it doesn't. Swallow. It's not. Yeah, it's not like uh, last night where it feels like an Elseworlds, but they make it. You know, they the opening makes you think it's not an Elseworlds. Okay, huh. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Although I, I still enjoyed last night. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. M- Miller's talented. Romita Jr. can draw. Although looking at some of these images, I don't think it's his best work. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't. I'm not. I don't have faith in Romita Jr. Oh, uh, you don't like him? Nah. He he he. Some like sometimes he does bad stuff. A lot of times he does bad stuff. But this looks like he did it in a hurry. Yeah, you know what? All, all of it looks like that. Even when he did, what is it, that Batman, the one where he did where he was transporting Two-Face or something? Yeah. Like, that one looked bad, too. Like, even the cover, like, he had a Batarang, but it looked like a like a crowbar. Yeah, and the, the Superman on the cover looks, like, way too thin. Like, I want to give this Superman a sandwich. Like, even that page that you just posted up, like, he looks like, well, the art looks like he just did it, and then somebody redid over what he did, like, fully. Like, he just did, like, the layout. And then they just Photoshop colors. I want to post this image because the the cover. I mean, it, it looks like the like the Superman that. Uh, fuck, what was that storyline where he's all weak? The uh, Flashpoint Superman. Oh yeah. <laughs> but every time I every story that I click on it keeps telling me to take my ad blockers off. And the fuck if I'm gonna take my ad blockers off? You need those. Oh, here's one. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna. Are you in chat? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna post this, and you tell me what this Superman reminds you of. Oh, did it not? Go- oh, God damn it! <laughs> Are you able to click the link? I'm clicking it, but nothing's happening. Right here. Stupid uh, Discord. Yeah, now he, he looks—he looks like a skinny dude cosplaying. <laughs> That's what he looks like. Like even the S is all tiny. Like, well, I thought that was just trying to be like the classic, classic yeah, 50s. But- but his fucking legs look like sticks. Yeah, and they look like wobbly. And the thing is, if you're going for a year one Elseworlds, like you might as well just not do the classic S. That nobody likes that. Yeah, I don't think people like that tiny little cape that they try to do for New Fifty Two. Yeah, it's kind of people. a year one either. Yeah, but they sure as hell stuck with that for a while. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Give me some of that wrap up music. Okay, need a second. I wasn't ready. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just starting to lose my voice and all that. So. Yeah, are you getting sick again? Oh, I'm, I'm already. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm on the way out. Mm. Not like dying, but you know, like I'm getting over it. Like I didn't work today. I just stayed home and slept all day, and I was feeling really sick. And then I took an edible, fell asleep, and then when I woke up, I'm like, okay, I think I can host if Larry doesn't show up. All right. Well, on that note. <laughs> Final thoughts on uh, Jessica Jones season three. Good so far. Check it out. 
Uh, for the rest of us, follow us everywhere on social media. Subscribe on iTunes or Podbean to catch our archives. But live, you can always catch us right here on allgames.com. There's still a lot of song left.